There's quite a bit of stress in our lives. I don't think any of us would disagree with that, that we can feel a bit overwhelmed, that there's a lot of things going on. Some of us, some of them we control, a lot of them we don't, and it just seems to continue to pile up on us. And uh, I, I heard a pastor say that you're usually in one of three phases in your life. You're either uh, about to enter a very difficult season, you are either currently in a difficult season, or you may have just left a difficult season, right? I think we can all relate to this. This, this is a cycle that we just seem to, to continue to go through endlessly, and, and we continue to find ourselves in these places where we are just so stressed out and so overwhelmed. I mean, some of us, it's just our day-to-day, just work and kids or school, just the busyness of your schedule. For some of us, maybe it's something a lot deeper, something that's really just weighing us down, whether it's struggling through your marriage, or it's the loss of a job, or it's hearing some news from a doctor that you are really hoping not to hear. Inevitably, we we all find ourselves in these times of stress, and you come to a place where you just feel like you can bear no more. You've reached your limit. I just can't handle anymore. I'm just not going to answer the phone anymore because we answer. I'm not going to look at my texts anymore, I suppose. Or I'm not going to check Facebook. I just, I don't want one more thing to push me over the edge today. I, I've, I've reached my limit. And it's at this point that someone will come up to you and give you some very wise advice. I usually call it Christianese. Something that sounds very Christianese. It's, it's something that sounds very spiritual and very religious, and it sounds like it's just a very wise saying, but there's just one problem, and it's that God never said that. You know, there's a lot of these. I'm sure you've thought of many just right now in your head, but a lot of people, when you, you just can't bear another thing, someone might come up to you and say, well, you know, if God closes a door, he opens a window. All right, we've all heard it. I guess you need to sneak out the back. I'm not quite sure what that means, really. Some other way, when you're on the 12th floor, that window does not look like a good option. We find ourselves in these places that these things just don't quite make sense, and God never said that. What's another one that you hear all too often? God won't give you more than you can handle. And this is, this is a common one. I, I probably hear this one more than a lot of others. There's just one problem with it, and it's that God never said that. So why do we, and why do we say this thing that sounds like it's from God? God won't give you more than you can handle, but he never told us that. So why do we say it? We're going to look at that today. Why why do we continue to say this thing, and, and what does it actually mean? I believe that this is actually a misinterpretation or, or just a misquote of Scripture, but it's not quite what this says here. It's in, it's in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, and, and Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and he's encouraging them and trying to, to help them to understand of how to start living out this new Christian life. This is a first century church, and he's saying, listen, this is the way things are going to go. This is how we're going to get through this, and this is, this is how God is going to carry you through this and encourage you through this. And it's, uh, if we read this, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, it says, God is faithful. He will not let you 
be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. There's a key difference here. What does this say? You will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. God will provide you a way out. That's a very different thing than saying God will not give you more than you can handle. We've taken this phrase, and I think we've kind of polished it into something we find a little more pleasant. It, it sounds nicer to us to say, well, God won't give me more than I can handle. But if we look at the Bible, it's a little silly, because the Bible is full of people who are overwhelmed, who have had too much, who don't know what's coming next and how they're going to get through that next thing. They're facing situations that are bigger than themselves. Here's just a couple. Gideon. In the book of Judges, God says, Gideon, you're going to rescue the Israelite people from the Midianites. And Gideon's reply is, uh, I don't think that's a good idea, you see, because my clan is the weakest clan in all of Israel, and I'm the weakest guy in that clan. So I feel like you got the wrong address. This is not who you're looking for to tackle this overwhelming situation. Look at Moses. We look at Moses as one of the great leaders of our faith in general. He's a massive leader in the Old Testament. He delivered the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and he led them through the desert, and he He uh, delivered the Ten Commandments from God, and he was God's vessel. This is a man that we look to for incredible strength and encouragement. And what did Moses say? He said, nope, wrong guy. I am not the person for this job. I can't can't speak well. You know, I am not a good leader. These people are wearing me out. I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. This is one of our foundational leaders of the Old Testament. Doesn't have what it takes. He is overwhelmed. David, King David, under the weight of his sin, he's in the, in the Psalms, he's just lamenting and saying, God, I just can't do this anymore. In Psalms 38, verses 4 and 8, it says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I don't think any of us can relate to that at all. I am exhausted and completely crushed My groans come from an anguished heart. How many of us are crying out from an anguished heart this morning? Or someone that you love is crying out from an anguished heart. David had a little more than he could handle. Even Jesus in the New Testament, in Mark, as he's as he's praying and he's thinking about what's coming, he's thinking about the time he's about to spend on the cross. He says, In Mark 14, verses 33 and 34, Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That sounds like someone who's going through a little more than they can handle. And this is the Son of God, the the God of the universe on earth as a man is overwhelmed. He has more than he can handle, but yet we tell ourselves, God won't give us more than we can handle. I think this is just a quick survey. We're looking at just a few, and I think we've established God will sometimes give us more than we can handle. So then we ask why. Why 
would God give us more than we can handle? That's what we'll look at today. And there's, there's two key points here that we'll look at. And the first one is this. God will give us more than we can handle so that he can teach us to depend on his presence. God will give us more than we can handle to teach us to depend on his presence. We're just singing that song, Your presence is all that I need. It's just like, yes, that, that is what we need to take away today. Your presence is all we need. We go through more than we can handle so that we can learn to depend on his presence. I think if we're honest, a lot of us, I know myself is definitely included in this, when things are going really well, I don't necessarily find a use for God in my life. When I'm doing okay, God can sometimes fall by the wayside. When things are not bad, when I'm doing great and there's no problems, everything's going great, I just, I could not be doing better. Somehow, I, f- I don't see the need to lean on God as often. But as soon as we start to find ourselves heading towards a valley, as soon as we start finding ourselves in a place where we're getting overwhelmed, what do we do? We cry out to God, God, oh, I'm in trouble now. I need some help. I mean, if we look at our prayer requests, how many times do you hear someone say, I need some prayer because I am just doing so good right now. I want to stay there. Just pray that I would just continue to be killing it, that I would just continue to stay on this mountaintop with God. That's not usually the prayers that we hear. We cry out for God when things start to get dark, when we feel ourselves getting overwhelmed. Why would God let us go through more than we can handle? It's so that we can learn to lean on his presence. If we look at Jonah in the Old Testament, it's a pretty common story. I think most of you will know it. God went to Jonah and and told him that, I want you to go to these people and, and tell them about me. They're not living right. I want you to, to go out into this land and, and tell the people about me. Jonah's like, you know what? No, I'm going to run away now. And what happens? He gets swallowed by a fish. All right, that didn't go so well. So after that, Jonah kind of comes around and he says this in Jonah 2.2. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. When did he call? In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. It's not in his success. It's not as things were going great, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. It's in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. When we jump to verse 7, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you. We crave God so much more when we find ourselves in places when we can no longer do it ourselves. When we are just struggling and when we are searching for answers, that's when we start searching out God. If you, uh, if you look at Jonah's description of this time, he says, The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I don't think he was at a spa. Have you ever swam in a, in a lake as a kid and you're like diving down and all of a sudden you're trapped in seaweed? That is a frightening experience. There's a reason that there are movies about that. The roots 
of the mountains I sank down. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. How many of us feel that way when we are just overwhelmed that I am being crushed? I am sinking to the depths of the sea. Down below the mountains, the earth has barred me. I am trapped. That's how Jonah feels at this time when he ran away from God and he was just lost. I know I can definitely relate to this way that Jonah is feeling. And that draws me deeper into the presence of God. Because now I realize that I myself cannot make it anymore. I need him. And it's in those times that I learn to depend on his presence. Some people out there in these dark times, they're kind of the opposite. They, they begin to doubt God and they say, I've been praying for this one thing, this one thing over and over again. And this thing God could make happen and he didn't. So that tells me that God is not with me. If, the, if God were with me, that this wouldn't be happening. If God were with me, I wouldn't be in this circumstance anymore. You need to hear this morning, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In these hard times, we can learn to depend on his presence instead of our own power. In Psalm 145, 18, it says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. When we are going through these dark times, it's tempting for some of us to say, No, I Obviously, I am alone here in this valley, and there is no one that can help me out of this. And God is saying, just call to me. I am near to those who call, even deep in the valley. I experience God, God's presence, in such a more meaningful, deeper way when I am in that valley than when I am on that mountaintop. It is when I am broken and I have nothing left that the presence of God is able to just completely fill me up and carry me forward. I would rather be in the valley, in the darkest of times, with God's presence than on the mountaintop without. I've had a lot of great experiences in my life when when things are going really well. And inevitably, I'm going to end up back in a valley. And experiencing the presence of God in that valley, as dark as those times have been, as scary and as uncertain as those times have been, the presence of God in those moments outweighs every feel of joy at the top of a mountain. Now, when you can get on top of the mountain with the presence of God, that's, I think that, that's pretty awesome, too. So why would God let us go through more than we can handle? It's to teach us to depend on his presence. But it's also to teach us to experience his power. Too many of us try to get by with our own strength and ability. We think that we can do it all. I'm a pretty intelligent guy. I really enjoy learning, and I like learning new things, and I like learning how to do new things, and I, 
I find myself continuing to just try new and more and more exciting and bigger things and tackling these new projects that I shouldn't be because I just want to be able to stretch myself to newer, greater places, right? And what does that end up doing to me? It makes me very prideful of all of the awesome things I can do. And I start to think that I can do more and more things by myself and I start to lean less on God. Too many of us are trying to get by by our own strength instead of experiencing God's power. Uh, Several of you have probably heard this story before, but I I know some of you haven't. Uh, My friends and I once took a trip to the Grand Canyon. And if uh, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, it is an incredible display of power. It is awe-inspiring. For even those that are not particularly interested in nature, it is just inspiring to stand at the rim of the Grand Canyon and just see miles across this giant hole about five, seven thousand, no, a couple thousand feet deep. I forget. I knew all the numbers last time I told this story. I don't remember them now. I hiked many miles. I know that. And we, uh, we, we go to the Grand Canyon, and we are uh, freshly graduated from college, me and two of my buddies, and so we are, of course, invincible. And it is, uh, it is just a, an awesome place to be, and we are thoroughly enjoying the, the views, and we say, you know what, we got to do some hiking, we got we to gotta experience this on a deeper level, literally. And so... We wake up at like 11 and we will hike over, we'll drive over to, uh, to a bus and we hop on a bus and then we go over to a trail and we get to this trail and there's a bunch of families there with kids and we're like, this is not hard at all, we'll do some hiking. And uh, we had talked to a guide at uh, one of the centers and said, you know, what's some good hiking we can do? They're like, well, this is a great trail for a couple hours, but you're not doing the whole trail. You're hiking down to the first checkpoint and you're coming back. We're like, yeah, that, that seems reasonable. So we go, and we just charge right past that checkpoint. And as we're walking, we see some more uh, park rangers on the trail coming up with donkeys. And they're like, oh, hey, uh, how's it going, guys? You having a good time? Yeah, you know, just doing some hiking. We got our, like, four water bottles. We're great. We're doing good. A couple Doritos and some sandwiches. We're <laughs> very prepared for this. And so we're just, we start going down, and, and they're like, oh, where are you going to? And we're like, oh, you know, we're just kind of heading down. They're like, no, no, where are you going? You're not going to the bottom, so here's a map again. This is where you're at. This is where you should go. Don't go further than that. We're like, yeah, that makes sense. We'll do that. So we just charge right down to that checkpoint, and we stop, and we eat lunch. And we're looking. We're like, it doesn't look that far to the bottom. Right, guys? Now, granted... The uh, two outdoorsmen that have been camping quite a bit and were a Boy Scout and an Eagle Scout, the ones that kind of knew a little bit more about the outdoors, they, of course, didn't listen to themselves. They were like, oh, the guy that's never been hiking and camping before? Yeah, let's listen to him when he thinks how far we can go. I think he knows the limits a little better than we do. Very charismatic. And so we, uh, we decide you know what, we're just going to go a little further, and we'll see how late it gets, and we'll see how far we get. 
So we're down in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and we're swimming, and it is excellent. It is just awe-inspiring. We are uh, in a little cove of the Colorado River, swimming in, of course, just like our shorts, because we didn't bring anything for that. And we, uh, it's like probably four or five o'clock. It took us, I think, three or four hours to get down to the bottom, just kind of leisurely hiking. And we were like, you know what? We've been here a while. We should probably head out. And this is, it didn't go well. Uh, <laughs> didn't go well at all. Started hiking back out, and we're like, you know, this isn't so bad. I think uh, it was about seven miles down to the river in the bottom. And so we knew we had seven miles back up uh, with several thousand feet in elevation as well. And if you have not hiked through, or probably more smartly ridden a donkey through the Grand Canyon, you might not know that it's a little steep. So you don't just kind of follow a path. You follow a path, and then you reach a new big change in elevation, and you zigzag back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you are traveling so much distance, and then you're like, oh, yeah, 10, 15 minutes went by. How much higher? Oh, this looks exactly like where I was 10, 15 minutes ago. And we just were kind of powering through, and eventually the sun went down, and our cold, wet clothes became very uncomfortable, and the temperature just plummeted very quickly. About 100 degrees at the top is like 60 at the bottom, and it was a little frigid. And we, it was a little rough. We made it out. There was some vomiting, maybe some hallucinating. I found a walking stick. That walking stick was from the Holy Spirit. It saved my life. I don't believe I would have made it out of that without it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And we looked at this, uh, this Grand Canyon after this with a little more respect. We, we understood the power that it took to get out of this, this place, this deep valley that we found ourselves in, that we placed ourselves in, has now become a thing that just overwhelmed us. We finally made it out at like 11 o'clock at night. And uh, the bus had stopped running, so we started hiking down the road. And uh, we got picked up by a nice family from Wisconsin, and they drove us back to our car. And the next day, we, we did some lighter hiking because we had experienced the power of the Grand Canyon, and we had tried with all of our might we had to, to survive. We gave it everything that we had, and we just thought that we could accomplish this task, that we had the power to do it. So many of us treat our lives that way, that we just, through brute force, we can accomplish this. And if we tell ourselves that God won't give us more than we can handle, then we believe that we can do this by ourselves. And that's just not true. God will give us more than we can handle so that we can learn to experience his power. 
I heard a very beautiful, simple prayer from a pastor that just went, let us decrease so that he may increase. And this has become one of my favorite prayers. God, let me decrease so that you can increase. If I am flexing my muscles as strong as I can and pushing and trying with all my might, I'm not allowing God to show me his power. I'm not allowing God to work through me. In the sixth grade, I had a book report to do on Abraham Lincoln. And I, uh, I excel at math and sciences. It just makes sense to me. English, reading, not so much. That's why I'm a pastor. And I, find, I found myself at a place where I had this report due. And uh, I had been working on it all day, and I was on like chapter two and a half of this giant biography, and I knew nothing about Abraham Lincoln. I had a little diagram, diorama built out of Lincoln logs. That was accomplished. The report wasn't going so well. And it's like nine or ten o'clock on a Sunday night. I just, I was like, I can't do it. I can't do this. I will fail. My life is over, obviously, as a sixth grader. I'm probably never going to get a job now. You know, we don't put any stress on our students at all. And so I, I had reached a limit that I was overwhelmed. And I go into my mom's room like 10 o'clock at night, wake her up on a Sunday, just weeping. I can't do this. I, ca- I can't do I I cannot finish this book. I can't make this happen. I will not get this report done. My life is ruined. Everything's over. I should quit now. So my mom picks up the book and just starts reading it to me. Because I was struggling so hard to get through this book that I needed to just, I just had to get out of it. And my mom sat there and read through this whole biography, and I sat there and took notes, and I wrote my report. And then we got given an extension the next day, but I'm not bitter about that. (laughs) At all, because it gave me this beautiful moment that I have to cherish forever. <laughs> I, I need to forgive that. All right, so <laughs> this, is, this is what God is waiting for. Sometimes when God gives us more than we can handle, it's because he wants us to come to his feet broken and crying and saying, I can't do this on my own. I don't have the power to get this done. And he will say, let me show you my power. It is when I empty myself and I, I, I come to the place that I realize that I am not enough, that God's power is shown to me. It's when I am talking to someone and I, I keep trying to use all the right smart words And I keep failing. And I finally just say, God, I don't have the words for this. I can't do this. That he he gives me an amazing word from the Holy Spirit that is just the right thing that that person needs to hear. It's just when I am trying to prepare a message and I say, I give up, I have no idea what I'm doing, that God says, let me help you with that. It is when I am my weakest that God is able to show me his power God gives us more than we can handle so that we can experience his power.
don't believe the lie that God will never give us more than we can handle. Because he will. You will be overwhelmed. You are probably overwhelmed this very moment. If you are going to be a parent, you're going to have more than you can handle. If you're going to live through the teenage years, you're going to have more than you can handle. If you are going to get involved in ministry, you are going to have more than you can handle. If you have a job, you are going to have more than you can handle. If you are a man married to a woman, or a woman married to a man, you are going to have more than you can handle. I don't know personally, but you know. We find ourselves in a rowing versus sailing situation. When you are rowing, you are trying to use all of your own power and might to take you to a place. And oftentimes we find ourselves, like I was kayaking with the students a couple weeks ago, trying to row upstream. You are not going very far. You are using a lot of energy, and you are accomplishing nothing. But when you are sailing, you allow the wind to power you. When we sail, we allow the Holy Spirit's power to work through us, and that frees us up to be able to do so many greater things, to go so much further. If you are continually rowing, know that God never said that you won't have more than you can handle. But it's so that we can learn to experience his presence and learn to experience his power. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the so many truths that you have taught us and you give to us. And Lord, I pray that we would depend on those. God, that there will be times when we are overwhelmed, when we have more than we can handle. And God, I pray that in those times we will depend on your presence that we will experience your power. God, so many of us are trying so hard on our own, and you are just waiting for us to give you an opportunity to use your power. God, I pray that we would open that up to you today. God, if we are just facing too much today, or if a family member is facing too much, or when we are facing too much next month, God, I pray that we would just lean on you in that time. God, we love you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen.